Hey friends, welcome to the Life Lessons series where I will be sharing with you some of the most intimate, deepest details of my life story and mainly the lessons that I've learned because I think that through our struggles and through all the trauma that we have faced, one of the some of the best best learnings and lessons come from there. So I want to give you a disclaimer in some of these episodes, and I will let you know which ones I may be sharing about sexual abuse or death, trauma, miscarriage, you know, topics that may upset certain listeners if you have this kind of stuff that maybe it's still unsettled or undone for you or you haven't had closure. So I will let you know when I'll be having these these episodes, but I really just want to invite you to have a listen in and see if any of this, any of these stories can help you with your own personal life and see where in your life have you faced some hardship, some trauma, you know, something that's been hard and you thought, how the hell am I going to get through this? And you did. And you found that, that strength and that courage and that confidence and everything else you needed, that grit, right, to get you through. So I really hope you enjoyed this special series, Life Lessons series, and I will see you in the next episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Life Lesson series. This is episode number three. I am in my husband's car, as you can probably already hear. (laughs) And I thought today I would talk to you about the relationship with my mother. And perfect timing. I've dropped her off this morning to the airport. She was here for about six weeks. And she lives in Boston, Massachusetts. We grew up in a town called Framingham, Massachusetts. And yeah, she lives in Natick now. She's moved from the house we grew up in for 30 years. She just recently moved, which was a little bit sad for me because when I go back home, if I do, it's going to be to a whole new place. Yeah, it was it was full on having her here. And I, I spoke a lot about it on, on Facebook and Instagram about how complicated the relationship is and hard fucking work. And you guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I always tell you, you know, cover your boundaries, protect yourself, be kind, but watch yourself, you know, like don't let anybody step on you or make you feel anything, really stay in control of yourself and manage your mind. And I know that the challenging people in our lives, especially our family, our kids or our parents or you know, someone who's in your family who challenges you, I know that my mom is here as a lesson. Like, I know that I chose her to be my mother because I needed her to mother me how I I was mothered, and I needed to learn all the things that she's continuously still teaching me. It's evolving me. It's making me a better woman, a better mother, a better human. I get it, but it's fucking hard. So where can I start? My mother got bipolar disorder when she was 28 years old. She was one of eight, one of eight. And my grandmother ended up one day, um, she was doing something outside and my mom was outside and some of the kids were already living with the my mom's uh, dad. And my mom was there and my grandma was, you know, outside cleaning or doing something. And my grandma's cousin came and said, hey, who's that little girl over there? And pointed to my mom. And apparently my grandma said, oh, do you like her? You can take her. That's what my mom remembers, which is really harsh, you know. And so my grandma gave away my mother and a few of her other kids to family. I don't know if she was poor and she couldn't deal or what it was, but my grandmother also had bipolar and schizophrenia. So my mom ended up growing up and living with this family who didn't really treat her that good. You know, she was a bit of a Cinderella. 
and ended up going to college and not having any boyfriends or it was very strict living and going to boarding school and all of that and finally when she turned 18 she went to college my mom she wanted to go find her dad and someone had told her that her dad was really sick so she ended up finding her dad at 18 years old and falling in love with her dad you know she loved him she thought he was great she would look after him I think he lived for nine months after she met him and then he died of cancer and she looked after him every weekend she would go and see him so I think for her she discovered that she did have a dad and she found him and then he he got taken you know he passed away so as soon as her dad died she went really um really ill my mom told me that she cried a lot and that she tried to commit suicide and that she then had a chemical imbalance became bipolar became depressed and from 28 years old she's been taking medication now that's pretty crazy right like you think that 28 years old that happened and what she told me was that you know she cried a lot she didn't feel good and then she got sick I don't know at the time in Puerto Rico what mental health was like but I know they didn't have a great plan they didn't know how to look after people so I don't think she was on medication yet and then her whole family moved to America so everybody migrated to Framingham which is near Boston about 20 minutes from Boston they all migrated there. She ended up going there for the healthcare and making, you know, sure she could go to doctors and take medication. And then my dad and her met in, um, over there in America. He was from Puerto Rico as well. And then when she got pregnant and had me, uh, I remember she was 28. I think 28? No. She was about 21 when her dad died. She was 28 when she had me. And she said to me that she didn't want to not breastfeed me, so she got off her medication. And at this point, she had found some medication, I think, that was working for her. But she was still in and out of hospitals. So she got off her meds so she could have me. And interestingly enough, she, like, pushed me out into the world because they were going to cut me. They were going to have a... They were going to cut my mom and have a cesarean. And she was on the bed, not even inside a room, just on a bed in the hallway going, I'm not doing that. She heard somebody say that and she just literally pushed and split everything to get me out. So I, uh pushed my way into the world it sounds like me <laughs> and yeah so she's like not breast you know not taking her medication so she could breastfeed and what happens as soon as I'm born she's sick so I was two weeks old with my grandma she was in a mental hospital and just I think the imprint as to how we're born and how we come out and how our children come into this world it really does imprint on us and affect us and how we grow up in the rest of our lives and I think from there really my grandma was the one who looked after me when my mom would go to hospitals and she would just get sick twice a year or more from then that moment onwards and at two is when I entered the foster care system and so growing up with my mom when it's it, this is the shit that frustrates me right like my husband gets it because I've to, I told him everything he knows everything about me you guys probably know a lot more than most people if you've been listening to the podcast and the life lesson series and my mom's thing is that she like she remembers me having an amazing upbringing and a princess life and that she looked after me and I was amazing now I need to tell you my mom did a fucking amazing job like I'm great you know um she had bipolar disorder she was a single fucking mother like she raised me on her own like she fought for me every foster home every every police officer that took me away or took her away in handcuffs she fucking came back fighting for her daughter so please know that I'm not doing this to be like my mom's shit blah 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 the relationship's complicated but she's a fucking hero like I don't get it twisted she is a hero I don't even know how I would do what she did I know that if I had to I could I know you could I know I could but I wouldn't even want to think about it right 
I struggle with my husband and he's a full-on father. Like, he helps me so much. As in, he does father full fucking time and baby wear and I struggle. I can't imagine on my own with a mental disorder or mental illness. So, she remembers that we had a great life and everything was amazing and Erica was a princess. And that pisses me off because I'm like, no, that wasn't how it was at all. This shit was crazy. And the shit I went through as a kid and no kid should have to go through. And I, and I, and I acknowledge every single one of you who have had a tough upbringing or been sexually abused or have been physically abused or been mistreated as a child. It's not okay. You know, and you need to validate that for yourself or see a counselor or a coach and, and really validate that and let that inner child inside you heal. Because I didn't know that my five-year-old self was running my fucking show running the fucking show of my life up until I started life coaching with my first coach up until nine years ago five-year-old Erica was running my fucking show she had a drinking problem and she was a crazy bitch who was angry as fuck she was angry and she fought her way through everything that's how she survived as a child and that's cool because that served me as a child but you got to heal that inner child because if you don't that child is going to be running your grown-up adult life and they need to take the back seat because I can't operate angry and frustrated and pissed off trying to fight everybody as a grown-ass woman. How am I going to serve you? How am I going to serve the women of the Queen of Confidence that I help and serve? How am I going to run a masterclass? That's just crazy. So I didn't get to see that until I had these sessions and healed it. And still I'm healing her. Still to this day, right? So here's what happened. My mom ended up... Uh, my dad left obviously I was two he peaced out he had sex with another lady down the road and literally my brother and I are maybe a year apart so I mean he was just he was selling drugs he was physically abusive to my mom verbally abusive he was a drug dealer he was a drug addict uh, no sorry uh, he was an alcoholic and a drug dealer um, and now he goes to church and all that jazz but you know real fucking scarface shit back in the day and so he was running away from the law and he went to Puerto Rico so he left me he left my mom and then what happened then was every twice a year, every Christmas and every summer, because winter we, we get um, in Boston, it's cold. You know, we get snow, very cold change of weather. And in the summer, it's hot as fuck. It's hot and humid and sticky. So I, I from my research and understanding bipolar disorder or mental illness, when weather changes or there's a massive holiday like Christmas or anything like that, it's excuse me, usually when you get triggered or you get sick, when there's a family event or it's a nice holiday, when, when everybody's supposed to be all happy and enjoying themselves, that's usually when she would get sick. So what would happen when I was two, I would go to a foster home, I wouldn't remember. And to be, to be honest, when I was a kid, I don't think until I was about five that I really realized what was going on. And so what would happen when I was two, I remember there was a time and she hates hearing the story, but I'm sharing the story because I think it's important so that you know some of the lessons and the things that have happened because I, I've grown so much from this and now I can go back to these and look at the strength not the sad shit so there is I'm going to talk about um, physical abuse so if it triggers you or you're not happy with that please fast forward or don't listen to this episode um, I remember I was sleeping in my bedroom and all I remember was the door like smashing open and it was dark and I could see my mom just run in jump like straddle on top of me and she just started smacking me on my mouth so hard smacking me smacking me you know just smacking my mouth my lips and blood going everywhere and she would just knock it off me and she was screaming something about I told her 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 sister something or something like that anyway by the time she got off the police had been called I was taken my mom was taken in handcuffs and I ended up going to a foster home I think that time was about for a year or nine months my lip 
still to this day, my right lip, I think it is, is a bit higher up than my other lip. I was actually considering getting like cosmetic surgery on it because I used to be really self-conscious that my lips weren't even. And it was from, I mean, it was so swollen, like duck lips because I was little and, you know, she was a big person compared to a, a five-year-old or a, sorry, a two-year-old. And my, my mouth was huge. And I remember going to this foster home and I remember going to swimming lessons at the YMCA and kids looking at me and me feeling like something was wrong with me, but my lip was huge. And it was crazy because my mom, when she technically she's got bipolar disorder, which is manic depression, like manic depression. And so she gets a chemical imbalance. So if she doesn't take her medication for three days, she literally goes insane. And back in her young days, when she was 30, she would get more manic, no depression, just manic. So what would that look like? That would look like physical abuse. It would look like short temper. It would look like she'd take all our photos and she'd cut them into pieces. Like we can't get these photos back y'all like beautiful photos of us and the family just random photos she'd smash people's faces she'd say people were doing witchcraft on her she'd like find nails and be like see they're trying to kill me they're trying to kill you she'd walk my mom once took me first of all my mom once got naked and walked from our house all the way into the city into the town which is probably like three kilometers or five miles four miles full naked she was hot back then though let me tell you but she walked fully naked the police didn't stop her until she got to the 24-hour like you know 7-eleven kind of store and again bullied in school oh your mom's a crazy lady because we lived on the corner in the block and everybody knew me in the little hood that we lived at everybody knew me i knew everybody because i was in the corner and so constantly fighting my way through school fighting my way defending my mom that she's not crazy she's beautiful she's my mom leave her alone you know and fighting my way in the foster home so i was a fighter like since i was five i was just fighting since i can remember and one day she i came home from school and she's like we're gonna walk and we literally walked and walked and walked and walked i don't even know how long i mean it was dark as hell i had to go to school the next day i was wrecked my feet were all dirty i was like she just had this manic like she wanted to run away or get away from people or someone was going to rape her someone was going to kill her like this paranoia would would take her over and then as she got older it was depression and the depression played out with like her sleeping her not getting up her asking if i was her daughter like really really like mopey and uh like that like real low versus the high of the you know the manicness so there was a time where we went to puerto rico and literally all this shit is like a fucking movie i i recorded my mom and i on a video because i i know that i'm gonna write a book probably just about this story but i'm definitely gonna write a book about the life and the story and and i don't say it because oh it's so cool i just think it's remarkable like i look at my life now in australia and i'm like what the fuck i have the most beautiful boring gorgeous life my kids are gorgeous my husband's amazing my, my, my mother and i enjoy myself so much and everything's just beautiful and safe and you know it's i don't know like i just think that there's no way that i've lived that life and it was my life but it feels like it wasn't. Does that make sense? So I'm definitely going to capture it. There's a book for sure we're going to do. But anyway, so I'm seven years old. And my mom had a boyfriend, Emilio. And he became like a dad a little bit. They were together like two or three years. And he was really lovely. And they got into their fights and shit like that. But he was a nice guy. We all went to Puerto Rico. And my mom ended up not taking enough medication. Right? So we're in Puerto Rico. And we rented a car. 
She ended up not taking her medication. I heard them fighting about something because I was I was five or I was seven. I was seven. Sorry, I was seven. Y'all, so much has happened that the fucking years get all twisted. Even this happens to my mom. I'm like, was I five or were you nine or where the fuck was that? It's crazy. We actually need to document it. Part of the reason I'm doing this series is because I don't want to forget all the shit that's in my head. Um, and I did a lot of ecstasy, which that'll be another one. But like, is the ecstasy gonna fucking make me forget all this shit that we've been through? Um, don't judge me, y'all. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're in Puerto Rico. She doesn't take her meds. I heard her say to him, oh, blah, blah, blah. They're fighting. She ends up, um, we ends up getting in the car and we go to his house, which was his sister's house or something. And we're there. My, my mom and El Mino started fighting. And she's like, no, okay, blah, blah, blah. And they're arguing. And she's like, let Erica, let's go. So she gets me in the car. I'm in Puerto Rico. I don't speak Spanish. I'm like a white girl. I'm not like a Puerto Rican girl at all. I'm like an American girl. Doesn't speak Spanish. Doesn't know shit about Spanish, anything. Because she didn't teach me Spanish. And in the foster homes, you know, there weren't Spanish foster homes until later on in high school. So here we are. We're driving in Puerto Rico. It's raining. We're in the mountains. We don't know where we are. It's not where she's from. It's for where his family's from. She's fucking totally bipolar, totally manic, ill. And it's raining and it's dark at night. So we're slipping and sliding all over the road. I do have my seatbelt on. Thankfully, she's got her seatbelt on. I don't know what happened. She had a feeling that someone was trying to follow us because they were going to rape us. Um, I think my mom has had her share of sexual abuse because that's always where it goes to. The story ends up going that way, um, which is really sad. And so we ended up smashing into a tree. Our car flipped over three times. We ended up, God, this tree was bigger than the car. We ended up landing upside down, glass everywhere. My mom gets out. She's cut. I'm cut. We're bleeding. She gets me out. We look behind the tree. And there was this massive cliff with like water, like a river. Like it looked like a fucking movie. I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't even understand what's going on. Like, there's no way that we are alive right now. We should totally be dead. But that tree saved the shit out of us. So there we are upside down gets me out I've got my bear my teddy bear Lisa who I'm so sad that I left her there um, and my quilt that she made me all of our shits in the car she gets out we go to find um, help you know and she goes and finds his house and I remember this house because they didn't have like it was so weird it was like made out of dirt almost like they didn't have a walkway I had to jump through this like open cliff thing my foot got fucking stuck in there I have a scar still from that and we knock on the door and this lady answers the door and then two men come out and my mom of course gets freaked out and goes they're gonna rape us let's go I'm like mom are they gonna help us I'm like we need the police we need medical assistance like we just got into a car accident I'm five right but I'm like 12 at five because I've been through all this shit with her already and foster homes already so here we go we run away because these people apparently are going to rape us and kill us. We run away. We start walking. We walk for three days and three nights. My fucking kids broke. We ended up sleeping on balconies, sleeping in bushes. We ended up sleeping in someone's car once. We walked up this mount- this hill and it was a driveway and we slept in this car, this white, like old school um, grease lightning car. And we were sleeping. I was in the back. She was in the front. I opened my eyes. These two men are coming at us and my mom freaks out. She says something to them in Spanish. They start driving. She's in the back with me and she is on straight up paranoia because now there's heaps of days with no medication now. Technically, like she should not be having me. I should not be in custody of her. I don't know if her boyfriend was trying to find us or what, but we are who the fuck knows where we are. These men have us in their car. They're driving us. My mom freaks out. 
and decides, Erika, they're going to rape us. And I'm like, oh my God, what? She grabs me. The car is moving uh, American 40 miles per hour. I don't know what that is in Australia. Maybe 60. I don't know. But it was moving on a, like a freeway, um, a freeway road, like a, a not like a, a massive highway, more like a freeway road, like a state road. And she grabs me. She opens the door and she tumbles out. So more blood, more cuts. We're just tripping right now. I am like, what the fuck is going on? We just jumped out of a moving car. We ended up sleeping on someone's patio in between some bushes. This lady ends up finding us and she goes, what are you guys doing? What do you need? This is a ridiculous story. I'm not joking. This actually fucking happened. We ended up sleeping on someone's driveway. My mom jumped a fence. She cut her fucking leg. Dogs got fucking started going crazy. Someone called the police. We ended up walking into a police station. They, they, they saw us. My mom told them a little bit about what happened, but not too much. This man's like, all right, come in this way. Um, we're going to get you to have a look at some paperwork. We're going to have a look at you guys. Why don't you come in? And my mom's like, yeah, we'll be right there. And I will never forget this, y'all. We were in the center of this town, ready to talk to the police, ready to be fine. And she goes, yeah, we'll be right there. As soon as this man turns the corner, my mom looks at me, picks me up and walks out of the fucking police station. Our car was in the parking lot, all smashed up. My Lisa bear and my fucking quilt. I saw it and I was like, mom, can we just grab it? No, we can't. Let's go. We ran out of there. We paid a lady $20 to take a shower in her house. Somebody else got called. I don't know who my mom called. My mom's sister all of a sudden picks us up. And before I know it, we're back with my mom's family at her sister's house. The next day, my mom's really sick, remember? The next day, I'm painting, I'm coloring in the back. And my mom goes, Erika! From outside, I could hear her. She was going to go out, do something. And literally, a hand covers my mouth. I can't speak. I don't know who the fuck is behind me. I'm in some room fucking coloring because my aunt gave me stuff to color with. A hand covers my mouth. My aunt's like, don't worry, something, she's okay, go, go, something in Spanish. I couldn't understand Spanish. The hand lets go. I, the fucking front door opens. Who's there? My dad. My fucking dad comes out of nowhere, takes me from my aunt's house, takes me to his house. I'm kicking and screaming. I'm calling him an asshole in English. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker, asshole. You know, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like seven years old and I'm swearing my ass off. And yeah, he ends up taking me kidnaps me from my mom my aunt called him because i think she was worried about me which i look back now and i'm like yeah she should have been worried but i don't know about calling my dad who left me when i was two so she leaves i i leave with my dad i ended up having to live with my dad for eight months he was an alcoholic his wife's son tried to sexually abuse me i remember my dad whooping my ass with a fucking big ass bamboo stick once only he whooped that other kid's ass a lot of times but me just once and I would talk to my mom over the phone she would go she went back home she got help she got medical she was healing she was working with the Department of Social Services in America to try to get me back and finally my uncle came from Boston to Puerto Rico and said listen I need to take her to her mother and thank good thank goodness he he got me and I, I went back home and I'll never forget like I could cry I I was he was driving me around and he's like um, you know, we're going to go see your mom now. And I was in this really cute pink dress, fucking 80s. I was in this pink dress. I was eight by now. And my, my husband, my dad's um, wife bought me this dress to go see my mom. It was pink and it was fluffy and it was cute. 
and she's like, we're gonna, he, she, um, he's like, we're gonna find your mom, let's go to her house, so he drives me to my house, and I'm like, her car's not here, she's not here, and he's like, okay, well, let's go back to my house, I'm like, no, can we look for her, I wanna see her, can we look for her, now, I'm only speaking Spanish now, because I forgot how to speak English, I'm like, I think she's gonna be at the 24-hour store, that store I told you she walked to when she was naked, that store, it was called Store 24, so uh, we drive there. I'm in a massive van. She has no idea where I'm, where I'm at, where I am, that I'm coming. She thinks I'm in Puerto Rico still. We drive there. I saw her car there. I'm like, she's here. And he's like, okay, do you want to get out? I'm like, yep. I get out of the car. <laughs> Fuck, I'll never forget this. I get out of the car and she walks out of the store and she just drops what she has in her hand. And she's like, Erika, Erika, and just like loses it. I run to her hug her and she just like looks at me pulls me off her looks at me hugs me looks at me like what the fuck how did you get here oh my god and i'm speaking her mommy yo estoy aquí te extrañado que te quiero mucho and she's just like what ¿Qué? ¿Qué? like what are you what are you speaking like you don't speak english i didn't speak any english it was a beautiful moment and <laughs> fuck i haven't shared this like this I'm emotional because A, I'm PMSing. <laughs> and B, like, she just left. And as much as I want to fucking kill my mother, the shit we've been through, y'all, is insane. And a mother's love for her child. She could have left me. She could have let the foster homes adopt me. When I was little, they kept me for a year. She, They wanted to adopt me. She's like, nope. My mother would rock up to foster homes. After this, when I came home from my dad kidnapping me, I ended up in a foster home again re- just, just shortly after because she got sick. My mom would come and walk. Wherever she was, she would walk to the foster home and say, can I see my daughter? And they'd be like, you can see her for a little bit. So she'd leave the hospital. They'd leave her at home for a bit to recover. And then she'd have to prove that she was okay to take me back. This woman would come, y'all. She would walk to find me. She would, you know, like, ah, fuck, I think I'm feeling a bit bad now. Because as much as I want to kill her, like, she fought for me more than anything i'm all she's got she's me and her only child no dad i don't have brothers and sisters my dad has fucking seven kids so i'm one of eight right but according to my mom and me all day every day we grew up together just me and her with her random boyfriend she had here and there but it was just me and her you know and it was crazy because she never didn't fight for me after the foster home i remember i stayed with the huges and no the floridians that's who the family was the floridians and they had a beautiful stone house and my mom came to see me there once and there the lake was near their house so they had a lake walking distance i was eight and they let me walk to the lake and i got so brown y'all i look like a little puerto rican child not like a child that lived in america and my mom came to the lake and she came up to me and she said excuse me do you know a girl named erica like she came up to me and asked me if i knew who i was she didn't know who i was I'm like, Ma, it's me. And she's like, no, I can't be you. Show me your birthmark. Because I have a birthmark. Um, a really big birthmark on my left side. It looks like the island of Puerto Rico. And I showed her and she just broke into tears. And started crying. You know, like she, fuck, it's crazy because she fought for me. And she continuously, my mother got sick twice a year. My mother got sick. She would go to the biggest mental hospitals. I would go to these mental hospitals with my social services worker. I would fucking fight and argue with these doctors. I was like seven, five, 12, 11, 13, 15, fighting with these fucking doctors every year going, listen, you need to stop changing her meds. Why don't you look at her records? Da 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 da. You know, cause they would change her medication and experiment. And then she'd be fucked. She'd be totally wacko when I would go see her. I remember Westboro State Hospital. That was the best hospital. It was it was a serious mental institution. But that place did not fucking play. If she went there, 
within six months or five months, four months sometimes, she'd be fine. And she'd come home and she'd be perfect. And as a kid, I never appreciated her being okay. I just was like, oh, I'm going to go live with strangers. They're cool. They got money. They take me to, you know, I would go to um, summer camp. Puerto Rican poor ass motherfuckers never did that shit. I would go live with white people. They had money. We'd go to summer camp. I learned how to fucking do a canoe. I learned how to do camping. I'd never done shit like that before. So I was able to do that. So I was having a great time as a kid. It was fun for me. I would go live with strangers. I loved kids. So for me, it wasn't a big deal. Even the sexual abuse, I didn't know and understand it. But as I got older, yo, that was tough. As I got older, it was harder because then I would have to say, mom, you're sick. You need to go to the hospital and to call the police on your mother. Puerto Rican people don't be doing that. You'll get in so much trouble. Like you don't do that shit. And so I had to break that. I had to, if she wasn't well, I had to call the police. I had to call someone to come and take her to the hospital. And I remember all my boyfriend, she would go to my boyfriend's houses and fucking yell at them at 2 a.m. And she would just do crazy shit. When I was 13 or 14, I came home from school and my mom wasn't there. And I'm like, okay. And one of the guys from the block, he's like, yo, I took your mom to the train station. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, she said she wanted to go. She was going on the plane. She wanted to go. I'm like, what do you mean she was going on a plane? He's like, yeah, she, I think she was going to Puerto Rico. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So my mom, I came home from school. I'm 13. I walked. My school was walking distance. Was it walking distance, that school? I don't remember if I was on a bus or walking distance, but I came home. No, I was on a bus. I came home from school off the bus. I was in middle school, Woodrow Wilson or Walsh Middle School. And I get off the bus. I go home. I don't know where the fuck she is. She's gone. Do you know what she did? She ended up not taking any luggage, just taking her, her wallet, getting on the, getting a ride to the train station, taking a train to the airport and jumping on an airplane to Puerto Rico. And she was in Puerto Rico for three months. Like, what the fuck? So what happened? She got sick. You know, like she was unwell. I feel so, fuck, so hard. It was so hard. Must have been so hard for her, you know, to, to experience bipolar disorder. And for her, like she has to take medication, y'all. She takes 15 pills a day in the morning at 9 a.m. and at 9 p.m. And after three days, if she doesn't take it, and I started to get onto this, I was like, oh, it's been, I can see the signs. She's starting to get paranoid. She's starting to yell at me and get really like short and paranoid. She would get paranoid and that's when I would know, fuck, she's getting sick. And I try to talk to her, she wouldn't understand. So what happened in Puerto Rico? I just ended up staying with my girlfriend, Tati, who was like my sister. Her family took me in. My mom ended up coming back and social services said, you can't go live there until she's well and she's, back in the hospital and we can tick her off as she's okay to look after you because remember i'm a kid you can't have a child in your custody if you're fucking sick or if you're you're abusive verbally or physically uh, physically abusive and i remember getting on the on the bus and the bus would pass by my house and i would see my mom outside smoking my mom doesn't smoke and she was tan she had crazy black eyeliner all over her face like oh, she just was i'm like what the fuck and it was so sad because you know i would see her like that's my mom what the fuck who is that person what is she doing but i couldn't communicate i couldn't see her i couldn't talk to her so i mean it was it was complicated but fuck i never gave up and she never gave up and as much as now she annoys me and you know what annoys me now is that she goes i'm your mother you're my daughter don't talk to me like you're the like you're the mother and i'm the daughter but i'm like mama my whole life i raised you like it feels like i raised her like i know she raised me and i fucking love her and i think she did great but you know there was so many times every year when she went to the hospital every year we got broken into 
every year. So somebody knew that I was going to go to a foster home. They knew the system. Erica's going to be taken away by the police because the police would come, handcuff me, handcuff her. We would literally, I remember a time that we both had handcuffs on my hands and my feet. I was kicking and spitting and screaming. We knew these cops by now because they've come to our house so many fucking times. And this cop named Smitty, who my mom hated because he was really an asshole. He took us in handcuffs. He fucking threw me in the car, threw my mom in the car, and off we went. So people on the block knew Margie's going to be gone for six months minimum. Erica's gone. We can go ahead and fucking take everything. And people would just break into our house and steal all of our shit. So we got broken into. So now till this day, my husband's like, why do you get so weird about opening windows and blah, blah. And I never even knew until this year. No, sorry. 2018. Last year, I discovered my big thing about locking my windows and being safe my whole life I was broken into so of course I'm worried that somebody might break in or steal my shit and it was so unconscious this is why I tell you to work on your shit because you don't know the subconscious unconscious hidden shit that's buried underneath your pain that you haven't uncovered and you run your fucking life like that and now I'm like oh my god that's ridiculous just because I was broken into my whole life doesn't mean it's gonna happen to me now like insane shit yo and I tell you this because what I learned from living with a bipolar mother is that she's my strongest fucking hero. That the shit that we think we can't do, we can do. But also, that now as a grown-up, you don't get to fucking act like you were the best mother in the world and I was the kid and you were the parent. No, sometimes it was fucking hard. Sometimes it was fucked up, you know? Sometimes it felt like shit. This is why I did therapy for 19, 18 years. I was in therapy since I was three years old. Therapy, 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 therapy. Hence why I'm a fucking communicator, I think. I don't know. But I talked my ass off. I had a big sister. I had a caseworker. I had a DSS worker. I had all these people who looked after me. And my shit, the shit that happened because of all this was I became angry. At five years old on the playground, defending my crazy mother, air quotes. Your mother's crazy. She walks naked. And there I am trying to fight the boys, biting people in their head, punching people in their face. My whole life, my whole schooling, I was in fucking detention all the time all the time i was in suspension detention i was fighting i was a fucking fighter i picked fights i bumped into people just to fight like that was the way i expressed myself through hitting and fighting and it was so funny because my first coach said to me you need to let that person inside you that that girl inside you you need to heal her pain you need to hug her you need to do a healing the inner child we did a whole process i cried my fucking eyes out and said thank you little erica i'm sorry that this happened to you you know, sexual abuse. My mom's boyfriend sexually abused me. You know, like th- like all this fucked up shit. And it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, like now for me to have a relationship like I do with my mom. Like I, I have a great relationship with my mom. I want to fucking kill her sometimes. We do each other's heads in. But it's because of her lack of understanding that, honey, you don't understand what I went through as a kid. You think it was all fucking cute and cherries and fucking sprinkles and all beautiful? No, it wasn't. It was fucked up. And I know it wasn't your fault, but still it was fucked up. And a kid should get that validation. Listen, I know it wasn't your fault, but it doesn't matter. I shouldn't have had to go through all that shit as a child by myself and have nobody, literally nobody, except foster home people who were not my family, but they looked after me. But then I also got sexually abused in their houses. And it was like, what the fuck? So there was all this crazy ass shit. So at 16, I wanted to leave. I joined the army and I was fucking out. And of course, my mom comes to my army fucking graduation sick as hell. Of course she was. I left. That was the first time I had ever left her. But she had left me so many times that she didn't realize. Because she didn't think consciously she was leaving. She was sick. But I felt like she had left me. She was gone. I was on my own. And still to this day, I don't have guilt. 
that I left her at 16. I don't have guilt that I live in Australia. She lives in America. That she doesn't see her grandkids every day. I don't have any guilt. She may pass away. I will no, have no guilt. Why? Because I know that my walk, this journey that I'm on right now, all the fucking things that happened to me were supposed to happen so that I could turn into being who I am today. My mother was supposed to be my mother. I chose her. I chose her. And as much as I want to kill her sometimes, I fucking love her so deeply. Like a level that I can't even explain to you on this podcast. And I'm grateful that I got her as my mother for that experience. Because still to this day, she teaches me to be kind. She teaches me to have some fucking patience for her. I want to kill her. She's hard work. But I love her and she's my hero. And I would hope that my kids would have a bit of patience with me when I get older and bipolar. Fucking having a mental disorder, it's very hard very hard to to understand what's going on and you live alone my mom's lived alone since I was 16 I'm 30 fucking five years old almost 10 years is that 10 years I suck at math is that 20 years I think that's like 20 years she's lived alone and had to look after just herself so of course when she comes to my house and I have a newborn baby that I need her to be quiet she doesn't understand she slams doors you know like having that patience with her and I don't blame my mom for any of this shit none of it I thank her because of who I became because of her even though I want to punch her in the face at times and also when she calls me I keep it how I want to keep it we don't go deep into shit because I know who she is and this is what I tell you know who you are fucking with if your mom is a narcissist if your mom is mentally ill if your mom is negative if your dad always blah 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 when you deal with them understand who they are don't expect them to be someone else you're the one tripping you're the one listening to this podcast trying to shift and and clear your shit and change your life don't expect them to be some fucking conscious awake being all of a sudden you be that allow them to teach you the fucking lessons of patience of compassion of calmness i'm still learning it i haven't mastered it at all not even a little bit i'm a fucking asshole to her sometimes and i feel like shit but then i learn and i'm better the next time the saga continues with my mother she's come to see me since she was 57 she's 63 she got her passport at 57 she's come to australia she's got two grandkids we're close as fuck i can't believe after all this shit that we've been through and there's more but wherever we've been chatting for fucking 35 minutes this is the longest podcast episode i've ever done i hope you get an idea of lessons learned from living with a bipolar fucking mother i i i can't tell you enough how that shit's formed me as a mother and formed me as a woman I'm very grateful for everything that I got given with her. And even though I love her and even though it's not her fault, I still protect my boundaries. And I recommend you do the same. If you have an experience like this, you don't have to, you don't owe anybody shit. And if you were a kid and you were hurt and you were physically or sexually abused and nobody's ever told you that they're sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm sorry that you were treated that way. I'm sorry that you felt that pain. It wasn't okay. It was not okay. And I hope that you find some comfort in that. And I hope that you comfort yourself and that you surround yourself by people that love you and understand you. And if you ever want to fucking talk about this or you need help, reach out to me, reach out to a counselor. Fuck therapy if you got to do it. I just don't love going into the past. Therapy for me, fuck, I don't know. Therapy for me was too much past. For me, a life coach is where it's at. Someone that's going to help you deal with your shit now. So if you need that, reach out to me or reach out to someone because you deserve to live a fully fucking expressed life. You deserve to heal your shit and you deserve to be validated for everything you've been through. I thank you so fucking much for listening to this emotional and difficult podcast. I can't believe I got this emotional talking about it. But if you're still listening, thank you. I appreciate you so damn much. And I'll see you in the next episode.